Welcome to Fill the Lamp. I'm Neil Parks, and wherever you may be, I pray that you are in a continuous growth spurt with hunger and an appetite for more of the Lord. I also pray that uh, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, is the fuel that keeps your heart on fire and burns brightly as his purpose is fulfilled in your life. I am so excited today uh, to keep pressing on with the knowledge and understanding of God's love. In this podcast today, we are entering into what I feel is maybe the most needed part of our relationship with the Lord. As we've been marching through the writings of Solomon and Ecclesiastes as a preparatory, if you will, for what we are diving into today that brings a radical, intimate love affair with our Creator— in the Song of Solomon. First, a little bit about Solomon, the preacher. As some already know that Solomon was a king of David, and God had promised to David that the Messiah would come through his, David's lineage, which was Mary, at Jesus' birth. Without getting into a lot of details, as that could be a completely new teaching in itself, Solomon was given the kingship after his father David reigned as king with all tribes in Jerusalem. Now, Solomon reigned over the united Israel for 40 years and died probably in his late 50s. But Solomon's morals and ethics failed at one point in his later years with the emergence of concubines and the influence of immorality becoming a very prevalent in his later years, along with the seduction of a worldly life to dominate with idol worship. It sounds like 2021 to me, wouldn't you agree, as there is nothing new under the sun? Solomon's stature as king had a powerful influence on all peoples. At some time toward his later years, he repented. Scripture tells us that God will use all things for his good, especially the repented heart. We're <clears throat> we are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work towards something good. In Romans 8.28, uh, that's what it's saying. And beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. Solomon fell away from the Lord, but the fall of experience of that experience was used to pen the book of Ecclesiastes, as the needed understanding for the Song of Solomon to be understood. This whole thing reminds me so much about the story that Jesus tells of the prodigal son and the love of the father. 
So why is this so important to understand? Well, here's why. This thing called life is all about God and his plan as to how he processes and uses his followers to reach the lost and, big one here, to mature them into the bride of love he will ultimately marry. The Song of Solomon is appropriately canoned or placed after Ecclesiastes, so that through Solomon's writings we are thoroughly convinced that the vanity of the worldly influence and its inefficiencies to satisfy us and give us a cheerfulness or joy is actually meant to quicken our hearts to seek for that joy in the love of Christ and the true unequaled pleasure which is to be found only in communion with God and through him. Isaiah uh, speaking in uh, Chapter 40, verse 6, a voice says, God's voice, calls, call out to prophecy, it says. And then he, Isaiah, answered, what shall I call out? The voice answered, all humanity is as frail as grass, and all that makes it attractive its charm, its loveliness, is momentary, like the flower of a field, vanity, or you might say, a bursting bubble. Now, some theologians differ about when Solomon penned this sacred song. Some think he penned it after he surrendered himself by the grace of God from his backslidings in a further proof of his repentance to atone for the hurt he had perhaps done with loose and vain, passionate songs when he loved many strange women. But now he confessed his betrayal and returned to God. But there are others that say it's more probable that he pinned it in the beginning of his time while he kept close to God and kept up his communion with him. Well, I personally feel that he wrote the song after his fall. I would submit to you that Solomon was just a man. And with that said, we are all susceptible to fall flat on our faces, as in learning the hard way, if you will. Well, before his sliding away from God— He had no clue as to how nasty this world is and could be. Therefore, the been-there-done-that understanding comes into play. You see, no person is above repentance. The mercy of God and his forgiveness is his love to us. 1 John 1 9 says, If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness. 
our wrongdoing, in other words, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. One of Solomon's names was Jedidiah, and that means beloved of the Lord. His father, King David, gave him this name at birth, and none was so fit as to write of the Lord's love as he that had himself so great an interest in it. None of all the apostles wrote so much of love as he, Solomon, that was himself the beloved disciple and rest in Christ's bosom. In the first chapter of the book of Song of Solomon, uh, we have the identity and we have Christ and his church. Christ and a believer, if you will, expressing their honor for each other. Here we have the bride, the church, who speaks to the bridegroom, the beloved. In Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Verse 2 says, May he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Now Solomon arrives, and she turns to him, saying, For your love is better than wine. Look what Luke 4.22 says, verse 22. Everyone was impressed by how well Jesus spoke in awe of the beautiful words of grace that came from his lips. Verse 3 says, The aroma in the Song of Solomon, the aroma or the presence of your oils is irresistible and pleasing or overwhelming. Your name is perfume poured out or beautiful, you could say. Therefore, the maidens love you. The church is he's talking about. Verse 4, draw me away with you and let us run together. In other words, let's get out of here. (laughs) And then he says, let the king bring me into his chambers. Or in other words, take me home. Now, now, folks, I know some of you may be thinking, Ah, Neil, this is way too mushy for me, and I just don't see where this fits in with God's plan. And I guess I can honestly say I know where you're coming from, because I've been there, done that, with regard to your thinking. But I am so convinced I'm so convinced that the love of Solomon, that Solomon is writing about, the love that God, that is the love that God wants us to understand and be consumed with. It's namely agape. This is the love that makes all other love look like hate in comparison. We see that in Luke fourteen twenty six. It says, Jesus says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, 
and his or her own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You see, you're in it for him before anything or anyone. We have been created for eternity, and we've been created for him. Case closed. Well, we're going to end it today right here at this, t- at this time, at this moment. But here's a question for you. As you follow Christ, are you seeking him with all your heart to the point that nothing else matters but gaining a closer and more intimate relationship with him, Jesus? Well, I'd love to hear from you, and you can email me at fillthelamp at yahoo.com. All one word, fillthelamp at yahoo.com. Let me pray for you. Father God, I just just lift up all these precious listeners, wherever they're at. We're getting listeners all over the globe, Lord, and it's because of you. You're in charge of this whole thing. This is all your plan. So I lift them up. Whatever they're going through, Lord, I just lift them up to you as this prayer goes into the throne room of heaven, into the altar of incense to be sweetened that would rise up to you, Lord. I just lift up these listeners, Father God, that they would grow Closer and closer and closer to you. Just like what we're going to be studying about the Shulamite, the bride, that's the church. That's us, Lord. And you are the beloved. You are Christ. And we just want to get closer to you. I pray that my listeners would would just strive and and increase their appetite for more of you. And we pray this in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen and amen. Well, until next time, thanks. I'm Neil Parks.